0: what's up and welcome back to the real ballers read podcast we're here with an amazing guest today Hawa Jallo, who is a librarian books to grammar at howa reads and cultural collector at funky oh vinylfunky.etc. Uh, and an all-around magnificent human being from Maryland. What's up, Howa? How are you doing?
1: Hey, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. That was a really great introduction.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, yeah, no, of course. Had to to set you up right, you know. Um, We're really excited to talk with you today, and uh, let's just get right into it. I mean, you know, you proposed a specific book today. Um, We'd love to hear uh, what that book is and your story with it.
1: So the book that I proposed for us to read was Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry by Mildred D. Taylor. Um, And for me, it was just a, like I have a really bad memory in terms of like remembering things that I read when I grew up, but the one book that I really vividly remembered at least the cover of and just the title was um, Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry by Mildred D. Taylor. I think it was something about like seeing that young black girl on the cover that looked, that I felt kind of looked like me It was something that always made it stick in my head and like growing up later and realizing that it was such a classic um, and getting a chance to revisit that a couple of times really ingrained it in my head as like my favorite book probably in the last year or two. Wow,
0: that's fire. Yeah. Um, And so would you say that like when you read it and even now you identify with Cassie, like like was there something about her in that story that you really messed with as well as her being on the cover like that?
1: Oh, absolutely. I felt like Cassie was such like a a little spunky character. I mean, she was different for me in that, like, she had all these brothers and she was like the only girl, but she was very like, she had what a lot of people may say was like a lot of attitude, but she was like nine years old and like dealing with a lot and seeing a lot, but she stood, you know, for what she believed in. And I I think that's something that I could identify with even as a (laughs) nine-year-old.
2: I'm so glad that you uh, brought up the cover though. because when um you know you put it as your book and i looked locked it up i also like vividly remembered as a, a kid seeing this this cover i didn't read it um as a kid but i think that's such a a great point to bring up especially with this with this book because i feel like that painting i don't know it kind of has this old old school look where you almost feel like the uh black pe- people during that time during this de- depression era like looked like that or like right. you, know, you see like a black and white photo or like a C- uh. C- C- photo and you're like life <laughs> was like that you know um and i think for me with this this book was kind of funny because the last like book about black children that i read was bluest eye which was uh you know a lot and you know really really deep and i i kind of appreciated the the more what 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 felt like a more realistic like day-to-day uh depiction of like what black children were like going through and like the racist things that that they were encountering and just like how they were processing that over 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 time i thought that was really beautifully done yeah
1: agreed and like So, in rereading this earlier this year, I actually, uh, no, it was last year. I reread it last year because I do a podcast for work and it's called These Books Made Me. So, we touch on like literary heroines and I reread it and I learned during that time that it actually wasn't meant to be a children's book. Like, she wrote the book and she put it out there, and then her literary agent was kind of just like, well, this is a good book, but we should market it as a children's book. And apparently, the author, Motor Detail, didn't really care for that because she was just like, well, you know, I touch on all these serious topics she kind of saw it as like a To Kill a Mockingbird type book where it's like, you know, yes, the protagonist is um, a child, but this is for adults. Um, But I I like that it was marketed as a children's book, honestly. I feel like that did, because her literary agent's point was that she felt like it would get like kind of hidden if it was like in the midst of all these adult books and you know i guess i can kind of see that point and i also think that it's a story that children needed to be exposed to um and you know it's been banned a couple times for various reasons but i think that's because people are afraid of the truth
2: what um what reading level would you say this book is that i know it's kind of a strange quite a question but as i was reading it i felt it was adult level too i would agree with the author like i was like man yeah, this I is I it an it this is a really advanced like middle 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 school or elementary school book so you know because
1: there are certain references to things that i don't think that children would get like Mm -hmm. um when they talk about the kkk i don't think they ever specifically Mm -hmm. say the kkk but they just say like they're writing tonight or they'll say the Klan. and i'm just like depending on how old these children are what they're learning in school they're not going to understand what that that's a reference to Mm -hmm. so that is a really good question to be honest i feel like I mean, like, so I know in the library, this is like in the juvenile fiction section, so like below teens, but I feel like, I don't know. That's a hard question to be
2: honest.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Like, I definitely didn't feel like, it didn't feel like I'm reading a kid's book, if that makes sense. It didn't feel like everything's were being dumbed down to me or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but I think that it was yeah <laughs> sorry did i answer the question
2: <laughs> yeah, no, yeah for,
0: sure, for sure and and i mean you know you talk about like all the things that could have gone over kids heads but like when you reread it i mean what were you noticing like for the first time can you speak more on that
1: the, me- the references to the clan that was probably yeah. the, one of the first things that i noticed that i uh when i reread it um what else did I notice when I ever read this book? There's just, honestly, it's so much, it's just like so hard to narrow it down. Like um, the the difference between the way the, the mama reacts to the, the books and the way the other teacher reacts, like in terms of little man being upset about the N word being in the book. Like I didn't remember that being as much of a thing but I thought it was a good thing to include because it goes to show, like, even back then, yes, Black people wanted better, but everybody kind of went about it differently. Like, to show that everybody wasn't necessarily thinking about it in the same way and some people were more willing to take different risks. So that was something that really stood out to me as well. Also, just um, TJ and him hanging out with all those uh RW and Melvin, and I think, you know, obviously reading it back then, I... I saw that, like, wow, like, he really shouldn't be hanging out with these guys because they're bad people. But I think being older and having different life experiences really like had me scared for him because I was like, yo, like, why are you hanging out with these white boys who don't seem to have any good intentions? Like, you know, they're just gonna like, as a kid, I don't think I would have seen the, them making him take the fall. But as an adult, I was like, oh yeah, for sure that's gonna happen, like, yeah.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that was some cold stuff. That was, that was really cold. You were kind of saying before as well that you have a hard time rereading things, but do you think like rereading this book changed your mind on that at all? Like, or is this one this is, special, you know, because because you read it so long ago? This one is really, I think this one is really special because the
1: first time I read it, I was a kid. And when I had to reread it, I reread it like three or four years ago because they were coming out with the final book in the series called... Um all the days past, all the days to come. So I wanted to kind of be refamiliar with the story. So when I read it that time, it had been so long since I read it, I felt like I was reading it for the first time. So that didn't necessarily feel like a reread in the traditional sense of where a reread feels like, oh, well, I know what's about to happen. Like, I, I just knew that it was some racist stuff going on. Like, that's pretty much what I remembered. Mm-hmm. So rereading that, it felt like a new story. But then rereading that a year after that, it kind of felt like, there's still always something new to be discovered. So it didn't feel like, oh, I know what I know what's gonna happen, but it's like, you know, things may have happened differently in my life that maybe I can see this in a different perspective now. And it's just one of those things where I feel like notice something new every time. So I don't necessarily hate reading, rereading books altogether now, but not every book deserves a reread or frequent rereads in my opinion.
2: <laughs> no, that's really, that's real, that's real. Yeah, um kind of riffing off of what I was saying earlier about, you know, the point of view of um black children. You know, I felt in this in this novel like I was thinking thinking a lot of, about just like how um how black children children's mind, mindsets have uh changed like in a lot of ways back then children weren't allowed to be children but in the same ways now like black children aren't allowed to be children children were told that we're not enough in a lot of in a lot of ways so like as a librarian do you think that you could speak to um some of the ways that you think black children children now are like you know facing obstacles in their education or, or lives in general
1: I mean, I feel like, you know, so, ooh, that's a hard question. (laughs) No, but you're absolutely right. I think that, I think the racism and things that Black children are facing back then were more like in your face. So now people think, oh, we've come such a long way. So people will be quick to dismiss what the Black children are going through nowadays. So I think that that kind of speaks to, because, you know, In schools, Black children are more likely to be disciplined for doing something in comparison to a white child. They're more likely to get a harsher discipline because of that. But people will say, oh, you're just making that about race. And it's like, because it is about race. So I think that more so now, Black children are more likely to be left behind because of people not necessarily seeing the correlation of what they're going through and how that identifies with race, if that makes sense. (laughs) And then they won't see the impact that that has on their education. They're just think, like, oh, they're just being bad, or they're just, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. As opposed to actually trying to see, okay, well, what can we do? What changes can we make? And how can they be helped?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and actually, on that, it's funny because when I read the book, I was noticing how similar these black children felt to me as like, uh, like current day, or even how I thought of you know me, um, Miles, and our sister Grace, because. Like, for example, right? Like, little men refusing that book. I mean, I've really started to see how all of the different ways that kids may like act up in school, it's all about like the refusal, right? Because, you know, Mm -hmm. like if they're not, if they don't feel seen, if we don't feel seen in the books that we're reading or feel like school is a prison or whatever, like, of course, we're going to like, not want to be there and like act up and yeah. stuff and like he was stomping on the book. He was so bad. <laughs> It's like six year old child. You know? like, like when I saw that, I was like, man, there's something here that like you know through every generation, um, black kids still retain that like that sense of like self worth almost. And so I guess mm-hmm. I'm curious, you know, what do you think to your to your last point, just about like thinking about how we can change things. Like, w- what do you think in your role? Um, like helps you kind of like honor that that curiosity that spirit in kids right as a librarian
1: um, so i think like i feel like kids nowadays have so many more options of books to choose from like that are representative of who they are as a parent compared to like i don't know how you, oh, you guys are i'm 28 so compared to like what i had growing up i feel like kids nowadays have a lot more options to choose from that can be representative of who they are So I try to be intentional about like, so my library system has a floating collection. I try to be intentional about placing books on hold so they can come to my library so I can put them on our display so they can come and they can see themselves represented so that they have these books as options. Um, You know, a book like this has been challenged very much in the past because, I think I said this already, people can't handle the truth. Um, So I think that just, Making these things accessible to them, um I think that's something that's important.
2: Mhm no, i mean i would I would say the library is one of the purest places in like the planet, right? and yay, you know, <laughs> children, but with this question, I want you to possibly muddy my image and tell me one of the more frustrating parts about working in a library or like the administrative side um or just a a thing that you didn't expect going in to learn from learning about it and uh working as a library
1: i feel like depending on where you are Mm. um like with like i work in a library system that has like multiple branches i feel like depending on where you are like in the county you're you know you're more likely to have like better resources or like um like the children that are there maybe have better acts more access to better books like I physically have to go out of my way to put the books on hold so those books are there um as opposed to because a lot of times we'll have people come in they're like oh I'm looking for books with like little black kids on the cover little black girls little black boys and because we have a floating collection a lot of the times they aren't already at my location whereas like if they were to go to a larger branch they would have so many more to choose from and I mean mm. it's it's like I said it's a floating collection so it's not necessarily just the fault of like the way the buildings are made out but it's just like a lot of the books on my location are like really really old and crusty and not necessarily like It's like, if you're somebody who reads a lot and you always come to the same place, like you're gonna run out of things to choose from. Like you're gonna just have to be somebody who puts your books on hold frequently. And you don't get that same experience of like coming in and browsing the shelves and feeling like, oh, I see something new here or something exciting Mm -hmm. here. So there's definitely an issue of equity in the county.
2: Man, man. And is that directly correlated to just like black and white areas or is it a matter of class? Matter of, okay. um, what is it, the uh, property tax? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I feel like for me to say the property tax for sure, I feel like I would mm. have to do some 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 more research, but I definitely mm. feel like, cause I mean, you know, everybody talks about how George's county is the most predominantly, the richest predominantly black county mm. in the country. But a lot of that wealth is definitely concentrated. Um, And I think people don't really speak on that enough. And I think it also reflects in um, the areas, especially like the public areas, not even just the libraries, but
0: Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When you talk about when you said that kids today have like more options, that did remind me as well that they also have not just more options in terms of like representation in books, but also things like TikTok and like social media, generally all different kinds of apps on the phones. Um, So like, how would you say like, or I guess, no, a different way of asking it is, you know, um, why do you think that reading is still like so important uh, given all the other things that kids could be doing?
1: That's a good question to be honest. Like for me, I know that around high school age, middle school high school age is probably when i fell off from reading to be honest um so i I think for me reading like i got back into reading like my 24th birthday i got a book um so i can't really speak on it like why is it important i mean of course it's important for kids to read right but it's just like like you said there's so much more entertainment out there why would they want to pick up a book as opposed to taking in all this other entertainment. But um, I think there's something about a book and just being able to open up a book and not knowing where the story is going to lead you. Um, knowing that the story because a lot of so, a lot of the social media stuff is more so current, right? Um, but if you are picking up a book, you could be picking up historical fiction, something like Roll of Thunder, Hear My Cry and get an accurate representation of what was going on back then. Granted, you can do the same with the, a movie, to be honest, but I don't know, it's just something about picking up a book or listening to a book and just Hearing the story that the author intended for you to take in? That was a really hard question because I don't really know. Like, what would make me want to pick up a book over over watching TV? Sometimes all I do want to do is watch TV. (laughs) So it really just depends. I think it's about finding a story that you feel like you connect to Um, because that was what it was for me. Like, I got back into reading once I decided I was like, okay, I really want to recenter my focus on reading books that are like by Black authors, and that really helped. Me get back into reading because um yeah, you know, there's a lot of representation in the media as well. But I feel like to have a complete feeling of representation, you gotta take in various forms of media. You know, you take in you take in the movies, the TV, the music, the books, because a story can be getting told in one place that's not necessarily being told in another.
2: Yeah, I think this is a question for all three of us, not even to answer now, but to just ponder about because. I think what makes Instagram <laughs> so special is that we have made reading like a social activity where like like some people find or most people find only in movies and TV, TV shows. Meaning like it's so much easier, you know, to watch a movie, to watch a show with a group of friends, everyone's up on the latest episode, but no one really has that same like excite- excitement and like zeal for reading, for reading books, reading reading books is seen as very like lone lonely, and like after you're done with the book, um, you don't have anyone to talk about it with. But like you share a you YouTube video with like your friend, and you all can talk about it like as soon as soon as possible. So like we definitely have to be thinking about ways to kind of bring that book, black book bookstagram community kind of feeling to the youth and i don't know if it's just book clubs or like what but ways where they can really like connect over it because i think that's that's what really makes it um difficult to to like see it as a good use of of time where it's like oh if i read this this book like i'll come out of out of this and like i can't even talk about it with with my friends like it's kind of not a good uh payoff of like of like time where i can like watched a whole season of euphoria or like a show (laughs) everyone's seen it and so i fit in and like can talk about it on the playground you see what i'm saying kind of yeah because i think
1: that you know when you're trying to take in like you know, you're trying to watch these TV shows and all this stuff before the spoilers, but you, you know, you don't really, Some especially kids, they might not necessarily feel like, oh, I have to hurry up and read this book before it gets spoiled for me. Like, I mean, maybe people who are like really in tune with like Bookstagram may feel that way, but like kids aren't going to be like, yeah, let me hurry up and pick up this book because it's going to get spoiled for me. Like, I have books that have been sitting on my shelf for years because yeah. I haven't been worried about them getting spoiled for me. but. I need to hurry up and finish watching the season of Euphoria because I know everybody already finished <laughs> like weeks ago and dodging spoilers on the timeline was a struggle. Yeah, like,
0: you yeah, yeah. <laughs> know what's funny though? Like, you, you got to be a particular kind of asshole to spoil a book. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really it's do. One thing, it's one thing to like spoil a show or like, or a movie or something, but a book, come on now. Like, that's just, that's just right, like, with a so, like
1: show or a movie, you know, like, if you ain't seen the, the show, if you're not watching Euphoria or Insecure when it's on, why are you on Twitter? Like, you can't be one of those people who are mad about it, that people live tweeting the show, because <laughs> what people have been doing since Twitter has been a thing, yeah. right? But, like, nobody's about to hop on the Instagram timeline or post on Goodreads a whole spoiler without at least giving um a spoiler alert, you know? Like,
2: Yeah. <laughs> hmm
0: yeah, no, well, no, we, we 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 probably talk about this, like, the uh, whole idea of, like, the range of media and uh, consumption and everything uh, too much, but, you know, we really wanted to, like, invite you in on the conversation because uh, you definitely have some, like, real insight on it, um, and it's funny, it's funny, you know, but I just think that uh, one thing that I always come back to about, like, why I love books I mean especially when you compare it to movies like everyone's always like oh the book is better than the movie right and I think part of it is that the book itself is so low stimulation that you have to like use your imagination to like really make it come to life um and that's fun right and there's like something that's like fun about that I think uh and like special you know so the 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 book itself in terms of like as a form of media definitely has its like merits even though they're kind of um they're kind of like not played up as much right like it's easy to find the benefits of like you know being able to watch a show that's like has you on the edge of your seat and you can talk about it with people but books is a little different
1: no you're absolutely right but that's why i love like i love that's why i love having a bookstagram right so like i'm not i don't consider myself a reviewer right like i literally made my bookstagram because I got back into reading. I was posting stuff on my my, my personal Instagram. And then it was just like, yeah, people would like it. and be like, oh, I should get back into reading. But nobody would be like, oh, yeah, I'm reading this. Da, 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 da. Like, it wasn't helping me get more recommendations. And at the time, that's something I was really struggling to find it was like more recommendations. So I made my bookstagram because I was like, okay, people are going to talk to me about books on here, right? Like, <laughs> I like I say I'm not a reviewer right but like you know if you feel like something something crazy happened or you're just like yo like this is my journey this is what I'm doing so it's fun to see other people's journey and have like that kind of feeling that you would get of talking about it with other people like in terms of how you feel about talking with other people about a show um granted I feel like I get the most uh, satisfaction out of it like when if I do book clubs, which I'm not great at book clubs, to be honest, because I, I re- I'm i not a mood reader. I read all over the place. But like, you know, when I have to do like a podcast or something, it's like, I know I have to finish this book. So I get a chance to finish it and then talk to people about it and see how they felt about it. Um, so I like hearing people's thoughts and just being like having other people point things out to me that I may not have necessarily noticed.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so when you first read... Um, Roll of Thunder was that a book that you were talking about with you know uh anyone in your life like where or was that just kind of like a a you thing that you were really enjoying on your own
1: as a child or as an adult as a child as a child probably not to be honest I probably was just like so as a kid I feel like I feel like as a kid, there wasn't as much of this pressure to feel like, oh, I need to have somebody to talk to about it with. I feel like that's more of a thing now because it's just like as a kid, I was like, OK, this is just my takeaway of being able to read. And, and yeah, you know, I had a couple of shows that I like to watch and maybe you would talk to shows and stuff like that with your friends at school. But now there's so many more avenues for kids to talk to their friends with. There's Twitter, there's Instagram, there's Facebook, there's the group chat text. When I was nine years old, I was using my house phone. To, to um you know before a certain time because i didn't want you know people to not be able to get on the internet with dial up and aol and all that <laughs> and maybe i'll get in the aol chat room and talk about something but like, <laughs> it wasn't that extreme need to feel so i felt like it was more genuine back then but i also don't really remember much of my experience reading the book itself i just really remember like wow this cover really stood out to me
0: were you I'm on my
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: Oh, <laughs>
1: <okay>. <laughs> I was on MySpace and, like, my mom, like, I had to hide my MySpace from my mom because that was that whole age range when Oprah was making it seem like if you had a MySpace, you'd get kidnapped.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God.
1: <laughs>
2: oh, but what what you basically were just uh, alluding, alluding to, how it was, like, <laughs> like, back when you read it, you had less avenues and ways of fearing... Yeah. Like you were missing out, and like yes. now it feels like you you can be missing out on like a lot more things because there's like an ongoing party convo happening that you know somewhere in in the web or in the world. So I want to ask, like, what is a thing you used to have FOMO about, but don't now, or what is a thing that you, uh, yeah, just don't have phone FOMO about now in general? Um, is
1: this about books or just in general?
2: Uh, in general, about anything. so my
1: first, the first thing that comes to mind for me is like buying the latest releases. Um, uh, I used to feel like, like oh my god, I have to have this new release. Like everybody's posting about it, everybody's showing it, and I'm just like, I don't care because books are always going to be there, right? So like I read books, but I also collect vinyl and Funko Pops, and I'm more likely to spend my money on vinyl than I am to spend money on books because the books are always going to be there, and I work in a library. So, if I really want the latest releases, I can just place them on hold. I have Libby. But with vinyl, if it's something sells out, you may have to pay a lot more money to get the resale. And I'm just like, mm. granted, I do feel like they're always, they may repress it later, but it's just like, do you really want to wait? So, that's something that I don't feel fear, feel fear of missing out reading, um, getting up on the latest releases. I know I'm a slow reader, right? So, like, I have over 200 unread books on my shelf. Like, I don't need to be spending money on books. Just so I can say that I have it. That's that's my. Uh, thing and I feel for me. like
2: I feel like the latest releases haven't stood the t- the test of time. It's yeah. like nah, I'm gonna <laughs> give it a year, two years, three years <laughs> to see if it holds up. See if it's still you know selling selling well. The folks are still talking about it. But Jan and I have also been always very wary of uh, any bestsellers that we're just like ah, there's some agenda here, bruh. <laughs> conspiracy as the why right. you know, the book is so popular oh Bill Gates is giving a blurb <laughs> yeah
1: uh, some people I'm just like yo you gave this book a blurb but did you actually read it
0: exactly
2: and like, I, you, never know. You,
1: never know.
0: you never know I think
2: the same thing because they're just like mm, he's such a great writer like you didn't, you didn't yeah. read
1: this totally you know, like, time must read <laughs>
2: <laughs> Breathtaking. <laughs> it's like, yo.
1: <laughs> and like, I, I I, don't like to call books overhyped, right? Because, you know, everybody likes what they like. I just, you know, some books, though, I might be thinking they overhyped. I just might not say it out loud. But <laughs> I think I've also gotten better at knowing what I think I might like just based on, like, what I can see is being said about it or what it's about. Like, there are certain books that, like, I've seen people pick up. And they're like, yeah, this book was not great. And I'm just like, what from the synopsis made you think that was going to be a good book? <laughs> 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 like, <laughs> like, I'm sorry, I'm not, I'm not picking up a book that I don't think that I'm going to like. And I also try to, I'm, I'm doing more of DNFing, so like not finishing books. So there was one book I did feel like I had to finish only because they sent me an ARC if you go through my page and go back far down, you'll be able to find it. I ain't gonna put them on blast. I had to find, I had to finish the book because I got an ARC and everyone's like, oh my God, you got this book. And I was like, yeah. See, that was my mistake. I posted about it before I started reading it. <laughs> so everyone was waiting for like, okay, so how did you think about it? what did you think about it? And I'm like, "Um, you know, if you get it from the library, you're still supporting the author kind of sort of. So maybe you might want to do that instead. Ah,
2: <laughs> uh, okay.
1: Oh that's one of those books, and like I said, I try not to judge people's choices for the most part, but that's one of those books where I was like, if you like this book, there's probably something wrong with you. (laughs) Uh, Yeah.
2: You know, thinking about vinyl though, like what is what is one album or or song that you would uh put on the soundtrack to roll of thunder thunder hear my cry? Wow,
1: that's such a hard question. So it's funny because a lot of my collection is like more recent stuff. So it's not even anything that goes back to like the 1930s. And, yeah. um, no, no, no.
2: It doesn't or have, or have whatever. To. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> wow, that's such a loaded question. I feel like, <laughs> you know what? I feel like what could go really well with this? And I don't know, this could just be me reaching. The Black Panther soundtrack, right? <laughs> oh,
2: that's, <laughs> which, that's great.
1: Which I feel like is the Black Panther soundtrack. My boyfriend always makes this this reference. He's like, yo, they didn't play any of these songs in this movie except for like maybe one. But I'm like, yo, but it's music inspired by. So they're yeah. just like, yo. Yeah. But I feel like that could kind of work possibly. Mm-hmm. Maybe like there's a good mix of like RB and like and like hip hop. And like, I don't know. The other thing I could possibly think of, I feel like, I don't know why, I feel like some Anthony Hamilton maybe or something could possibly go
0: with
1: it. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know to
2: about to vinyl, but... Oh, my gosh. I know. Yeah, no, no, the no one... what
1: about you guys? You can't ask me that little question. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious.
2: I was thinking of uh, during that that scene where, like, Cassie beats up uh miss miss lily lily jean like some dmx or ludacris like, <laughs> like something, something
1: crazy. i do i do i do
2: have ludacris on the <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something something you know hyped up you know as, as she's you know pulling her hair telling telling telling, telling her to <laughs>
0: apologize to
2: all this but um she yeah i don't sandwich. know like Visually speaking, I was like when I read this this book, you've uh, seen seen the movie Holes, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking of like that like setting of like Sam, like that old school, <laughs> like uh there was Sam with tongue, Donkey who was like shot. That. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was thinking of that of that kind of kind of setting. So I, I don't even know right when music was uh around and like banjo playing. I don't know if that's <laughs> stereotypical, but.
1: Why did I think you were talking about that? A-R-N-P, to the T.
2: What is that? You Yo, said That's hilarious. That could be That could be I
1: was uh, like, I do not see the vision. I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean, I, that, was, that, that is a hard question though. So I should have been ready to answer Yeah, no,
0: for me, um, when I saw that it was, uh, it was written in 76, I was like, oh, I just had like Minnie Riverton in my head for like, kind of the vibes of the thing. Um, I
1: feel like I need to go listen to some Minnie Riverton, don't judge me. (laughs) (laughs) My best friend has Minnie Riverton in her vinyl collection, I was helping her organize it over the weekend, so yeah. yeah. (laughs)
0: yeah, She's a a vibe on vinyl for sure. Um, That's funny though, yeah, no, uh, no, again, like you know, Roll of Thunder, that's, that's what, uh, 40, almost like 50 years old now. Yeah. Uh, so that's, that's really, that's really a classic right there. Still, still getting banned too. Like, what's up with that?
1: I I think that, so, you know, it's been interesting to read some of the reasons that the book has been banned in the past. Um, I think the a lot of the main reasons, you know, it does, there is use of the N word in it, right? But I feel like that's historically accurate. So, other instances of the book being banned is because of its depictions of racism. Um, so I, I think that um, some of the issue that some people may have had with it, one article that I read was um, the school district and um, there were three Black parents and, um, who, were de- who were actually challenging this book because um, I think there's the black, their Black students were like the minority in this school district. So it wasn't more so about the content of the book but how the students, the other white students in the district were reacting. And I guess they were calling their kids like N-word and stuff like that. Um, and they felt like the book was to blame, which I thought was an interesting take. And, you know, nobody wants to be that that one or few black kids in the school who's getting called the N-word because of this book that they're reading. But I also kind of thought like that's a cop-out, right? Because like, if you read this book and your takeaway is, yeah, let me go call my only black classmate the N-word. That's probably not the first time you've used N-word, in my opinion. Um, I think other issues that people may have had with the book, um, you know, their parents are very like, well, you know, be careful of uh, hanging around Jeremy Sims because, you know, he's the the seemingly seemingly harmless white boy, right? So I feel like white parents may have an issue of, well, he's not even doing anything. Why are they telling him not to hang out with them? But they don't have that perspective of, oh, well, if he's the one white boy around and something happens to him and all these black kids are around they're going to be the ones to blame like they don't have that fear they don't live with that fear so they may not understand that perspective they just may see it as oh reverse racism which we we know isn't a thing but i feel like that is
2: <laughs> oh yeah i'm just thinking though i mean given our conversation like why hasn't there been a similar moral outrage over all the other things that their kids are watching on the internet that's a way bigger worry than the books that they read in school and like I just it's like how are parents giving their children like no interpretive power and making it seem like these these books are like commanding like hypnotizing their kids into saying the n-word or like that. Just right really <laughs>
1: it's so. like there's all this media out there and this is what you want to blame your blame for your child's behavior but also yeah. <laughs> a lot of the times when people ban these books they haven't even read what they're trying to get banned they just really want things to complain about right like they're like oh i i may have opened up a page and saw this here or i heard that this was about this So this goes against my morals and my beliefs. And I don't want my child reading this. I don't even want this in a library where, or a school library or a bookstore where my kids can have access to it. And they don't realize that by making all this outrage, it really like brings more attention to these books. Like, like I think um, All Boys Aren't Blue by George M. Johnson. They said it's going into like, it's eighth repress of the book or something like that because of all this outrage. Like the the graphic novel, Mouse, we, uh, my library system didn't have any copies for a while. And like the wait list is like really long because of all this like outrage that's happening about it. And people are always going to try to ban books, but most of the time they're not even doing the reading. They
0: just want to complain. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for first of all, shout out shout out George and Johnson. You know, yeah. They they are absolutely fantastic, former guests on the podcast. Uh and yeah, absolutely. no, it just, I just got to it. just made their work. oh for real. Oh, so look, we all yeah. <laughs> circle right. around George now. Right. Uh, yeah, like it only it yeah. only made their books more popular, you know. Um, and right. uh and I, I mean I had a follow-up question though, is like, do you think there is any book that should be banned, right? Like, do you have like a blanket rule against banning anything? Are there some books where you're like, nah, it's got to go?
1: I don't know if necessarily banned, but I think that things that have um, a lot of misinformation out there shouldn't be as um, easily accessible, right? So Mm -hmm. like, um, like, yes, you should probably be able to buy the book, but I think that having it Maybe, like in a library, if it has all this misinformation, it just kind of like there's nothing specific that I can think of, right? But, um, you know, I feel like, what does it say about you if you have this thing that you know is spreading misinformation, right? So I think that I don't know if ban is necessarily the right word, but I don't think that they should be as easily available because it's like if you have this in your collection, people are gonna automatically assume that, you know, because books are supposed to be, these reputable sources right so like having it there people aren't gonna know the difference between what makes it misinformation and what makes it a reputable source um so i mean if you want to go and spend your hard-earned money on it sure i guess but like i don't know that's just m- my take Like, i'm not speaking for anybody or anything but i do feel like yeah <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, spoken like a great librarian, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but uh, no, I want to go back to something real quick, too, because you said that you fell off with reading in middle and high school, um, and it was the exact same for us. And something that uh, we were kind of like talking around when earlier, just around like different forms of media, is how like books are definitely, or at least we, Miles and I, like, are of the opinion that school totally ruins books. Because at least in our case, like it was basically like once you got into high school, it's like, oh, like books are serious now. They're no fun. And this is how you get into college. And you're like, oh, like if books aren't fun anymore, then I'm just going to go do something else. Right. But it's crazy (laughs) because it's like if we got forced to listen to like certain kinds of music all the time, like you would hate music, you know, like like it's almost (laughs) ridiculous. It's almost ridiculous to think that you could like force someone to read a book. Um, because you say it's important but you know that's that's why I think the library is so special right because nothing's like forced on you it's just kind of there mm-hmm. absolutely right you know, yeah. because, like
1: for me I think honestly the only books that I ever really remember like I don't really remember much about them but like I remember we had to read Anna Karenina in high school that one seemed kind of interesting never finished it's like a thousand pages probably would never revisited um Their Eyes Were Watching God was a book that I started in high school and never finished. Um, I really enjoyed it, but I didn't finish in high school because uh, the pace that we were going at, um, I was a little behind. And um, by the time we got to class to discuss it, I just looked at the spark notes, so I knew how it ended. Um, So fast forward 10 years, and I'm rereading it this year and I really liked it, like, I was just, like, it stood out to me as one of the books I read back then, because I was, like, yo, I remember really enjoying this book, but it got spoiled for me when I went to class, so I didn't think there was a point of me finishing it, and it'd been so long since I read it, and then I was, like, yeah, this is really good, that, and, like, I remember that I really, liked. it was another book by a Black author, I don't remember, um, I think it was Purple Hibiscus by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, and I don't really read her books anymore because she's a little problematic. But um, to each their own. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> so yeah, no, I, I mean, just thinking about thinking about it too. Like, I feel like part of um, the growing up process, the world making process for children, 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 is like denying. Reality as it is like denying, refusing uh, all the things that your parents or teachers give you and like just doing the bare minimum to get by. And I wonder like how that could, how that mindset can like be integrated in schools. Um, like is that, is that even possible with how schools are, are, are set up? I don't know if you, you all see what I'm saying uh, I
1: know for me I think that I don't know if I'm necessarily answering mm -hmm. your question but I think that the books that stood out to me the most were like where we had like a section where it's like okay instead of everybody reading the exact same book we'll give you a list or like your book has to kind of fall under this topic and I felt like that kind of gave me more autonomy to decide what I wanted to read and those were the books that really stood out to me the most back then or that I felt like I was able to actually complete because I didn't feel like I had to like, it didn't feel like I was forcing myself through something as much because, I mean, yeah, I still had to read school, but I got to at least choose what I wanted. So that kind of helped with that.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I mean, to circle back again, I mean, we've, yeah, we've been coming back to a lot of topics, but, like, another point that I kind of thought of with reading of this book is, like, art generation of black people now in this country are benefiting um, obviously from the struggles of our um, grandparents and great grandparents, but also their mindsets in terms of education was Mm -hmm. way different than than ours. It was like a critical thing to um, getting a job and like securing a future and like just the purpose in which they instructed their kids to do that uh was was of the utmost and you know it was probably the same for our parents too but I really wonder like what we will be passing on to our kids in that same way because I don't know if it will be education in in that sense uh given that it doesn't really guarantee a job given like all of the um just the media land, land landscape as it as it stands now. Like I wonder what really, um, as a collective, we like we like share in, in, in granting to you know the next generation. So what what do you think? Like you will be passing passing down in terms of hard earned lessons.
1: That's a good question because yeah. you know everybody's like, yeah, college is a scam. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> However, am I glad I went to college? Yes, I am. Um, I think... (laughs) I'm sorry. I think I would at least... (laughs) Like, I think I would at least want the options to be there. And even, like, you know, there's ways of learning that don't necessarily need to be the traditional ways of learning, right? So, like, even if you decide that you know high school is where you're going to stop you don't necessarily want to go to college okay are you this is is this an informed decision that you're making or are you making this decision because you're just kind of over it you know um are you a lifelong learner are you still looking at different avenues of ways to learn whether it be books or even maybe documentaries and things like that um what is your goal that you have because I mean you can have a goal that college may not necessarily be needed for but I also think that we're expected to learn or to have an idea of what we want to be at such a young age right so like at 18 years old you're going off to college and you're like okay well what's your major I was a social work major and undergrad and then I graduated and I was just like "Mm, yeah I don't really know what I want to do next and kind of in between so like I had this degree and I just wasn't doing anything with it mm-hmm. and then I was like hmm, I kind of like reading maybe I'll be a librarian you know so like I think also a, a allowing that avenue for knowing what your options are but also letting them know that it's okay to change your mind as well um and that you're still learning whether it be traditionally or non-traditionally and making sure that you're at least taking in information that is not misinformation <laughs>
2: Hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's a lot more nuanced uh, point of a view than just like right. You have to get your education. It, it's like a, right. This is the matrix. You have to like, <laughs> what, what and under 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 understand what is what is what is what kind of point of view. So no, that's a great great answer.
1: Oh, thank you. I was I was like I was a little worried. <laughs> no, yeah,
2: yeah. no
0: yeah. seriously, yeah. Uh, good question. Uh, what, uh, you, you are mentioning too, that you don't review books. And I did notice that, but I wonder like, why, why is that? Like, it seems like, uh, so many bookstagrammers, so many of us like are, are ready to, ready to share the opinions <laughs> on like, you know, how the book was and everything, but like your, your account is literally how it reads. It's not how it reviews. Right. So like, why, why do you just like kind of caption them the way that you do? Like, what's the purpose behind like, you know, your bookstagram in that way, if you don't do reviews?
1: So my bookstagram was like, it started out and I guess it is kind of something for me. Like I wanted to have a visual of my reading journey, right? Like I would post on my personal Instagram and then I'm like, okay, this, I I didn't like the aesthetics of it at first. I was just like, okay, so it's pictures of me on the beach and then pictures in between of like just books in my hand. Or like, I would see people's pages where they have like their full reading journey just laid out. And I thought like this would be really cool. So a lot of the times when I'm posting pictures of books, it'll be what I'm reading, I may still be in the middle of something, and I may just say that I'm enjoying it, most of the time, if I'm reading something, I'm probably enjoying it, I don't really, I don't consider myself to be a harsh critic of books for real, so, like, I'm always hesitant to say, like, oh, I like this book, or even when y'all were, like, oh, well, what's your favorite book, and I'm just, like, what if I pick this book, and they don't like it, you know, like, <laughs> it's, it's, um, yeah, because it's really more so for me, and I, also, reviews seem like they take a lot of work. Like I've written a couple here and there. Like when I kind of first got my book The Graham journey, people are like, "Oh, hey, can I give you this book?" And in in exchange for reading this book, then you can um, you know, give a review and you get this free copy. And like I still get a lot of arcs. Like don't get me wrong, I get a lot of arcs, but I only accept the ones where I don't feel like I am required to give a review because I don't feel like I have a way with words, right? So like I can say like, "Oh, I really enjoyed this story." And this is some things that stood out to me. And then I'm gonna copy and paste a synopsis. And I know people hate that, but I don't have a way with words. So I want you to know what's gonna happen in the book. And I'm gonna say that I copied and pasted the synopsis, or I'll say this where the synopsis is from. I'm not gonna act like it's my words, but I want you to get an idea of what's going on in the book, as well as maybe a little bit of why I liked it. I think people, when they see the word review, they have such like standards in mind. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm not doing all that work to be honest, not for social media. <laughs> and I have no no shade to those who do because there are some really, really well-worded reviews. That's not me. <laughs> I don't think I have a way word with words. I like to read the words. I do not write the words. <laughs> I don't know if I answered that question.
0: <laughs> no, you did. You did. I just think okay. it's funny because it's like you know you still got a fire books to Like, you know. <laughs>
1: oh, thank you. see And that's <laughs> don't have a way words like yo, and I people are. are still interested in like <laughs> yeah. what I have to say, and then every so often I'll go on a tangent, right? I'll be like, or I'll come across something that I really, really feel like passionately about, or something. I don't know, but like most of the time, just like yo, this book was good. You may like it. Check it out. I don't want to be that person that's like, oh yeah, you must read this book. Da-da-da-da-da. It was the greatest thing ever. And then someone was like, Yeah, you overhyped that book. Cause I don't like using the word overhyped because it's just like, if you like it, cool. If not, it just wasn't for you. And that's okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Some true. books
1: do be trash though, but you know. <laughs> that's not <me. laughs> I know I just contradicted myself, but whatever. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so how I, I know that we've, you know, showered Charlie with all kinds of different questions. Um, but just out of nowhere, I, I wanted to uh, think of solve, solve something fun to, to do for the end of the podcast. And so I have have you ever heard of the uh, Proust questionnaire?
1: Mm-mm, I have not.
2: So Marcel Proust, um, this writer, came up with this list of, of questions uh, that are kind of fun for like a, a final uh, hot seat that he that he that he thought were to re, to reveal uh the the person's true nature uh so I'm if scared. so if you would like we could do some of some of these questions uh for 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 fun there are i think 35 but i i i kind of want to mm-hmm. see if we can reach a deeper level of uh of of, of power that, that we haven't uh, gotten done yet so wait a way to be there. sure
1: i'm down yeah. <laughs>
2: awesome awesome so there's one
1: thing i can talk about is myself
2: right 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 right. and basically the extent of it is you're supposed to answer these questions and why it's a hot seat in like uh 10 10 seconds or less because it's meant to be your first instinct when you think of it because that's 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 the part of it that reveals your true nature because like no it's it's honestly it's honestly fun i've 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 okay Wait, yeah. But Am I really gonna fast. do
1: all these in ten
0: seconds?
2: You definitely, definitely can. You okay. Definitely. You trying uh, to you're do? You trying look to
0: up. do? Uh, you trying to do all thirty-five of these?
2: No, we don't have to. Don't oh, have okay. To. It, if she <laughs> wants to, saying. by the end, but yeah, I'll do the, the first five, and then you'll switch switch off to the to the next five. No, wait, but you're saying that we're not about to do all thirty-five. But if Hawa... No, we'll we'll do a temperature check at, like, the 10th one. <laughs> I just wanted okay. to, try, to try something new. Yeah. All right, yeah, let's try it, then. Let's try okay. it. All right, Hawa Jalo. Are you mm-hmm. ready to start? Yes. <laughs> I'm crazy. scared, but yes. Okay. What is your idea of perfect happiness? Love. What is your greatest fear?
1: Dying alone.
2: Mm. What is the trait you deplore most in yourself insecurity Mm. what is the trait you most deplore in others um what's it called
1: people who are mean i don't like mean people
2: (laughs) yeah (laughs) they which living person do you most admire my mama let's go shout out what is
1: your
0: what is your greatest extravagance
1: my greatest extravagance? Like what does that even mean? <laughs> I'm sorry.
0: Something that you indulge in. <laughs> Guilty pleasure. Mm-hmm. Oh, my records. Ooh. <laughs> How about uh what is your current state of mind?
1: Hot. It's hot in here. <laughs>
0: it's hot. No, my current here, state too. of
1: mind, it's not even a state of mind. I'm a little frazzled.
0: Okay. All right. And then uh what do you consider the most overrated virtue?
1: money
0: mm. on what occasion do you lie
1: i don't want to hurt someone's feelings
0: that's for real <laughs> 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 uh, uh uh how about this uh what or who is the greatest love of your life
1: my
0: boyfriend Tariq <laughs> Hey, all right. <laughs> shout out Mama. Shout out older sister. Shout out Tariq All right. Well, hey, that that was ten right there.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for, for, for uh, hot seat or final hot seat of, of questions. <laughs> so yeah, much. frazzled That was my favorite one. Frazzled. <laughs> like, yo, it's
0: like, oh yeah, hot seat. We're gonna get real deep. <laughs>
2: i'm Dude, sorry are, are i didn't fun, mean to honestly. get so like <laughs> <laughs> no you're good it was hilarious it was so good your answers were you know, some out. of these yeah. some of these are kind of kind of weird though but i'm like yeah, yeah we gotta come come up with with, with our own Jen. call yeah, it the questionnaire. make it more 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 fun yeah. um but i but i've been meaning to try it so thank you so so, so much and thank you for coming of the show how it's
1: been
2: a great hour. thank you
1: so much for having me i really appreciate it this was fun
0: yeah it was it was so much fun and you you brought a great book with you lots of amazing stories and insights we really appreciate you how seriously yeah thanks thank you for listening to another episode of the real ballers read podcast Be sure to leave a five-star review on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to us from. And also check out Howa's social media at howa.reads and at finalfunko.etc on Instagram. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time.